This segment is brought to you by Thunderchick. Subscribe to our ambassador tier on Patreon. If you'd like to learn more about how you can support Daily Thunder on Patreon and get a shout out like Thunderchick, please visit patreon.com slash daily thunder. Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I am here with Daily Thunder beat writer, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, we have not talked since the last game of the Thunder season, uh, the game where they beat the Clippers. So, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fun offseason if you're a Thunder fan. There's so much to talk about and speculate on and fantasize on <laughs> and worry about, and it's going to be a fun offseason. Well, at least until June 22nd. That's kind of what it's all about. Uh, but to answer your question, I'm good. <laughs> I feel like I get more anxious about June 22nd every day. Um, every, every day that I think about it, it's, it feels less fun and more stressful. Um, yeah. Obviously, at the end, after that night, we'll know a whole lot more. We're going to get to that. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, this is a new thing, Oklahoma City not being in the playoffs. We're not, we, I think one year they missed the playoffs in the last, in the last decade. So, um, we're used to still be watching Oklahoma City at this point in the season. Um, the offseason typically doesn't start so early. So I wanted to ask you, when the, in, when the Thunder season ends, two questions here. How, how much playoff basketball are you watching after the Thunder are no longer playing? And once that is over, once the NBA season is over, once the Thunder season is over, I want to get I want to get some television go tos for you, some traditions, some some uh, unwinding. What do you watch when we you know we watch a lot of Thunder games. We watch eighty two games a year. What do you do in your time in the off season? What do you, shows do you do you gravitate to? Which which shows do you binge? Uh, what what's your go-to's there? I know a lot of people kind of have their comfort shows that they always go back to, but I'm the kind of guy that I just want to keep watching new stuff. I always try to find new shows to binge. Uh, you know, if I if I have a fallback, it's The Office. That's the only show that I watch multiple times. Maybe Parks and Rec. I've probably I'll put that on in the background. Uh, so those two shows I'll go back to every once in a while. Um, but right now, I'm watching uh, The Mayor of Easttown on the HBO. It's with Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good like mystery show. I like it quite a bit. There's a show called Cruel Summer on Hulu yeah. that I'm really into. Yeah. Do you know about these? I've watched, I've watched the first episode of Cruel Summer and have uh, been meaning to get back to it. But yeah, I've not watched the Kate Winslet show, but I've heard of it. So Cruel Summer is cool because the uh, the concept is neat. So it takes place in the 90s, and each episode uh, has it bounces back and forth between the same day in 1993, 1994, 1995, and goes back and forth. And so there's this central mystery going on, and you see every other episode, this mystery play out in two different point of views, two different teenage girls' point of views that are kind of opposing figures. And you don't really know who's the protagonist and who's the antagonist. 
So it's like this cool concept and premise, and you got the 90s nostalgic setting, which I really did because I'm a 90s kid. Uh, so that I'm really into. Then there's a show on Apple TV called Mythic Quest about a uh, video game programmer that's really hilarious. And I'm not a big gamer, but I know enough about games uh, and played enough to where that's a really fun show too. So those <laughs> are the three that I'm kind of into right now. But Thank if you yeah. ask me this question two weeks from now or somebody's listening to this episode two weeks from now it's going to be a whole new batch of shows i'm constantly binging new shows okay okay i tip i all i'm a huge diners drive-ins and dives fan i'm a <laughs> firm believer that if there is a if there was ever a new mount rushmore constructed that guy fietti would have like three of the four spots um so i always go back to that um i always run through mad men uh between seasons um, obviously the office is like the office is the office. It's one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. Um, so definitely with you there. I did catch that first episode of cruel summer and was confused, but also like wanted to find out more. Um, it's, it's a cool show. If you're into mysteries and, uh, in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and then I tend to watch a ton of golf, um, in, in uh during the summer is some of the best that's really the summer is some of the best parts of the golf calendar so um that end up, ends up taking a ton of my time so let's go to um let's go to shay's announcement today shay uh shay announced that he will not be playing with the uh, uh canadian national team due to his injury and uh just wanted to hear your thoughts on like does that confirm what we suspected or was that a bit of a surprise to you uh no here's the thing his injury isn't one that you can mess around with i mean the the thing that you need to do the most with that is rest to let it heal so once we heard from mark dagnall that it was a significant tear um this doesn't surprise me at all now it does confirm to anybody who is doubting one whether or not the thunder were exaggerating or faking that injury to tank or to, um, you know, if he was even injured at all, then this confirms that. And to me, it's the smart decision. I know that he wants to play for the Canadian national team, especially since they're going to have a pretty good squad, but without Jamal Murray and without Shea, it's going to take quite a hit may have been the two best players they had. It actually probably was the two best players they had. They still got a good squad, but I know Shea really wanted to play, so this confirms it's a serious injury, but I still wouldn't worry too much if you're a Thunder fan because, again, it just needs rest. And if the Canadian national team was playing in three months, he'd probably play, just like the Thunder aren't going to play again until October. He's probably going to play and be fine. He just needs rest with plantar fasciitis. That's all. Um, another pretty – a pretty substantial day was uh was tuesday afternoon uh this it isn't televised it isn't something that anyone is really privy to they just announce the results of a coin flip and oklahoma city was a part of one uh ended the season tied with cleveland after that uh that last game uh win over the clippers so uh oklahoma city wins the coin flip and i'm <laughs> i'm uh my head has still been spinning with all the numbers that my eyes have looked over over the last couple of days of 
of odds and percentages for which picks the the Thunder have. Uh, so, what are your um, first of all, where where were you when you saw that we had we had won that coin flip, and what was your reaction? Oh, if if your question is where were you, about ninety five percent of the time my answer is going to be at home sitting <laughs> on the couch. Uh, and once you know it, that's where I was. Uh, no, I, I work from home. Both my jobs, I work from home. So I'm just here all the time. Uh, uh, no, I, I was excited because it is a big deal. It's a big deal from the standpoint, to me, everybody talks about how this is a top five draft. The top five are so important. Well, that coin flip gave the Thunder a 5% higher chance at a top five pick. To me, that was big. Also means the lowest now they can pick is eight, but actually the lowest uh, player they can get overall will be seven because the Thunder get eight. That means that they got the Rockets pick at number five. And really for all, you know, to be real, reality is the lowest they'll pick is seven because it's like a 2% chance they would pick at number eight. So I mean, there's like a 98% chance they'll have a top seven pick with their own pick. Uh, but it was a big deal. I just like seeing that extra 5% chance of the top five pick more than anything. And here's the most important of all the percentages and numbers and all those things. To me, there's like a 75% chance that the Thunder get a top five pick between their 45% chance of a pick conveying for themselves and then the 48% chance that the, uh, the Rockets pick is the top five pick. And then that extra 5% chance that the Thunder's pick is the number five pick. All those together, 75% chance. And this also means the Thunder actually have a 55.3% chance that they get number five, period. Like the number five pick, there's like a 55% chance it's the Thunder, which means they've got a 55% chance of choosing Jonathan Kaminga because he is the consensus number five pick. So Thunder fans, study Jonathan Kaminga because you've got a better than a coin flip chance of getting him which is all the more reason i need to know when they pull these cards out and it says oklahoma city at five will that be from houston or is that our own i i really 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 need to know this brand brandon yeah we talked about this like three months ago and yeah. both of us were so lazy neither of us have done like the youtube search just to see yes. what the answer is that is exactly just look right. at we need to pull up the past draft that you know one team had a pick that actually conveyed and see what happened uh yes. because I'm not, i know that it happened with like the hawks a couple of years ago um i cannot remember though um but yeah we needed to know if it, it says rockets or or thunder obviously if it says okc that's self-explanatory, but when it says rot, if it says rockets, that could still be OKC. So we got to find that out. Yeah, and obviously, if they pull out a card at at number five and it says rockets, then like game on. Like we pretty much know what that means. But oh yeah, rockets, if it's at five, yeah, yeah, that's right. So either way, really, it doesn't really matter. So um, we'll know. We'll know. My my, the, it will it will come down to if neither Oklahoma if if Oklahoma City hasn't been drawn yet by the time we get to five yeah and at number five if they pull out a card with oklahoma city's logo on it is that the rockets pick conveying or is that our pick um that will be the the uh massive question because if oklahoma city gets if if the rockets are drawn at five and we have not been drawn yet it is 
it is Katie bar the door. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, that's the thing that's so exciting. The Thunder can have the number one and number five picker, two and five, three and five, four and five. And which, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it would kind of end the rebuild. I mean, <laughs> the, the Thunder, the Thunder would still have more work to do, obviously. But I mean, if if you told me that the worst case scenario was the Thunder's rebuild was Shea, Kate Cunningham, Jonathan Kamingo, Lou Dort, and then, you know, kind of dice rolls on guys like Darius Baisley, Ty Jerome, and things like that. And then all the Clippers picks and, and the ones that they're getting from other teams in the future, I would take that right now. That's how good I believe Cade and Mobley and, and those top five guys plus Kaminga are. Would it be the worst thing ever if let's let's go down the really fun uh, scenario of them getting five and one or five and two and they get like let's say Kaminga and Cade. Um, would it be the worst thing ever to just play Horford with all those guys? You no, know, I've thought about that because then all of a sudden you've got a lineup of Shea, Dort, Kaminga. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here, let's 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 redo this. You have Shea, Cade, Poku or Dort, whichever one is going to be better next year. Jury's out. That's how much I believe in in year two Poku. Wow. Then Kaminga and Horford. To me, that's a that's a playing team. That's how much I believe. I mean, honestly. The team this year could have been a play-in team. If they were healthy, stayed healthy, and didn't try to lose games in the second half of the season, to me, that's a play-in team. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're saying I'm still – my brain is is still frozen on Dort over Poku or Poku over Dort to start. Dort's going to start. Dort's going to be named an all-defensive team this year. It would be a, a question of Poku over Kaminga for that four spot. I mean, I, I yes. Come on. To me, it's a question of pick two out of those three guys. Uh, I mean, Kaminga's a top five guy. I mean, he's a he's supposed to be a blue chip type talent. So to me, he slots in. And Poku, I'm telling you, man, he showed flashes this year. And I love Dort. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love Dort. Uh, <laughs> and and yes, this is to kind of like, you know. Do you have get, some Poku piece coming out that I don't know about? <laughs> no, I just I'm a big believer in his talent. I'm a big believer in he was the youngest player in the NBA this season and the second half of the season, he really flashed and showed some things and he didn't have an offseason, he didn't have a preseason, he didn't have a training camp. I think with all those things, he said he's going to work on his body and all those things. Dort is really really good. He is. Um uh, but I do I think that Poku could be better than Dort next season? I think he could. I'm not saying he's going to be. And I think that Dort absolutely starts the season as a starter. Uh, and Poku versus Kaminga is probably more likely. But I'm saying by like the end of the season, could Poku uh, take a spot? I think he could. I, I'm so intrigued and have thought so much about the defensive ceiling of Cade Shea and Dort as like one, two, and three guard. Like those three guys are going to guard one, two, and three on the other team. Um, but if if Kaminga's in that mix as well, oh, like, dude. I mean, Jesus. He and who's to say Poku can't be the five? 
Like maybe he comes back and is way like is way bigger, and maybe in two years he's way bigger. Um, did, and also, did you see the reception he got back home? Yeah, it was great. That was great. <laughs> I love seeing that. That was awesome. His, his surprise with a huge mural. It was basically just a life-size mural of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and that's what I want. I wonder if here, – here's a question I have. I wonder if Lou Dort and Jonathan Kaminga can coexist because the defensive side is incredibly exciting to think about. But Lou Dort improved as a three-point shooter a lot this season. But – Jonathan Kaminga, that's his one weak spot. And then if Horford isn't the starting center, then all of a sudden you might have, you know, kind of what you had before where you have a couple of really good three-point shooters on the floor, you know, back in the, the Russell Westbrook KD days. But then you've got a lot of questionable three-point shooters. And we've seen that the Thunder want three-point shooters on the floor now. Also, Poku, the one position he didn't play this season, it's funny because Everybody thought he was a center coming out. And the one position he didn't play this year was center. He played every other position. And so I just don't know if the Thunder see him as a center. Um, so I don't know. That's Actually, if you, want my, if you want my dream, dream scenario, it's that the Thunder get one and five and then use some assets to trade from five to get up to get Mobley. And then they end up with, with Cade and Mobley. But that's just basically pure fan fiction, like Twilight style. I was like, – I was just talking to I was just talking to my brother-in-law about this exact same thing. Like if they get one in five, just use everything needed, Baisley included, and get up to two and just pick one and two. Like I know that sounds insane, but like who maybe there maybe a team is at two, like Orlando, um, who just wants as many assets as possible. Um, you get a young player, a first round pick from last year and the entire treasure chest, like just take everything and we're going to, we're going to draft, we're going to draft Cade and Mobley and we're going to shake everyone's hands and leave. Like that is, that is, I, I really do think that is in play if they get one in five. I, I agree. And here's the thing. What if it's a team like the Wolves that, uh, are picking at number two. Well, they have cat. They're not going to take Mobley at two. There's a lot of teams that are really, really high on Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. Maybe Mobley falls to three or four. Then all of a sudden, if the team's picking at three and four, also value Jonathan Kaminga really, really highly, which, you know, I think that the general public is down on Jonathan Kaminga because everybody just looks at the, the three-point stats. Well, that was a 12-game sample size. And uh, you know, these scouts have, have put a lot more work into these guys than a 12-game sample size. And at one mm -hmm. point, Kaminga was considered the second or third best prospect in this class. So, you know, maybe a team doesn't see that much of a difference between picking Mobley at three and Kaminga at five. And if you throw in, you know, a Baisley or a Maladone plus, a, you know, a couple of first-round picks – you know, maybe all of a sudden, or maybe just one first round. Yeah, I don't want to give up too much to move up from five to three. But if you throw in, let's say, Baisley, a first round pick, and number five to move up two spots to get Mobley, I mean, would you, you know. would would you give up? Would you consider giving up Poku? I would. As high as I am on Poku, I am. I have done a ridiculous amount of research on this draft. It's a little embarrassing to think how much time I've spent on it. Um, I've, I probably spent more time researching 
the 2021 NBA draft than I have with my wife this season. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for referencing it as this season. (laughs) 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 Um, But uh, so I love Mobley and I think that he could be, you know, a perfect pairing with Shea. And then if you're talking about Shea and Cade, I mean, you got three potential stars already. So as much as I, I like Poku and I believe in his his future, uh, Mobley is is a possible superstar, you know, and and a better percentage chance that he will see his potential and superstar ceiling than Poku would. So so you got to make that trade. I totally agree. I totally agree. I just <laughs> one in five, man. I I need it so bad. Um, I feel like it would just make up for all so many like past Thunder fan heartbreak would be to come out of June or June 22nd with like one in five. It would be unbelievable. Um, but, but then the other, the flip side of that coin is, and that is absolutely true. The Thunder could get like seven and 18. Which yes. Would be yes. Just completely yes. just heartbreaking after the season and, and expectations for the draft and things like that. If you come out with seven and 18, what a huge, huge downer. I will say though, there's a lot of intriguing players available at seven and even at 18, there's going to be some guys that are pretty interesting. I've done, uh, I've now, I, I could tell you the, the, the top 20 guys really, really well. You know, I focus all my energy on the top five for so long and then, you know, and then the Thunder just started playing too well. I was like, I guess I need to look at some guys in the late lottery too. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna save that uh, for some future podcasts down the road. And uh, speaking of of June twenty second, we are going to be live that night for a lot of uh, fun reactions to hopefully fun reactions. They'll be good either way. They'll be entertaining either way. I can guarantee you that. Um, we'll have some some. Uh, a host of of daily thunder characters on here to uh to react to draft lottery night uh that's what we in the industry call a tease um all right moving on we are gonna i wanted to ask you you live in a in a in a home with uh with young children uh what's the last food item you had thrown or dumped on you probably uh some some gogurt i know i had some gogurt <laughs> squeezed on me earlier today so <laughs> There may have been something more recently than this morning, but that's the last thing I think can think of is some strawberry gogurt. Trying to compare popcorn and gogurt, I think I would choose popcorn being dumped on my head. Oh, I absolutely would. Yeah, I, I would easily choose, you know. But there's a difference between when your one year old does it to you and and some some, fan. some stooge in Philly. Yeah, does it to a huge difference. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm so used to it now. I just like lick the yogurt off of my <laughs> my arm. <laughs> I I mean we've we've watched Russ for a very very long time. I've never seen uh a I mean a very warranted reaction but like man it took yeah. a lot of it took a it took a number of grown men to keep Russ away from that fan. Yeah, no, I mean he had a bum ankle and I just played a full NBA game. And it took security guards, uh, multiple men, to hold Russ back. I mean, look, you don't disrespect any person, any human being, by you know doing things like that. But you really don't do it to one of the 
you know, the NBA players are some of the top most conditioned people in the world. And then you especially don't do it to Russell Westbrook. Like you're already talking about like the top percentage of people in the world when you're talking about the NBA players and then Russell Westbrook, you're going to mess with the, I mean, like Russ said, I mean, he wouldn't do this out in the street because that guy knows how it would go. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I just, if I were to make a list of like top three dudes in the NBA, I wouldn't mess with Russ would definitely be in the top three. And just a just a message to like to NBA fans. We've been waiting a long time to get back into arenas. Like, let's maybe not ruin it in the first week that we get to, to put thousands and thousands of people back in the same room again. Maybe not spit on the players. Maybe not throw popcorn on the players. Maybe not uh, hurl incredibly offensive insults at at players' family members in the stands. Like. Maybe be be maybe be better uh, going forward. My word, multiple fans this week and just in the last couple of days uh, banned from from not just the arena that they were in, but any NBA arena for for the rest of their life. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and and what's the deal with picking on like former Oklahoma City point guards between Russell Westbrook and Trey Young? Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah, and you know. And here's the, I know a lot of people don't like Russ, you know, especially opposing fans, obviously, because there's antics on the court, you know, he can be short tempered and, and, you know, Thunder fans and now Wizards fans would call it fiery and passion. And I believe that I believe that he just plays with that passion and he needs to because it fuels him. Um, but here's the deal. off the court. Russ is a good dude. He's a family man. He's a he gives to charity, never been in any sort of legal trouble whatsoever. You never see him, you know, you know, and any sort of you know dust up or anything like that so i think though that because of his reputation because this is the third time now that there's been a thing with an opposing fan and rust and and you know that's more than any player right now like nobody gets into dust ups with fans like rust does and i think it there is something to the fact that people just kind of view him as this hothead villain so they can just kind of do that to him because that's the way they view him. You know, I don't think player people view, for instance, well, I would have said Trey young. I'm really surprised Trey young. Uh, but I, I think that's why you see it more with Russ than anybody else. And it's just unfortunate because really he's a good dude off the court. Yeah. I mean, everybody that's ever played with him, that is the, that is the overwhelming sentiment. The people that know him, um, see a totally different side of Russ than the one that is uh, uh, the one that's on the basketball floor. And, and that's, that's not to say that the guy on the basketball floor isn't, isn't an awesome dude to, to watch him be around. It's just like you're saying, he's an incredibly intense and competitive uh, player and, and he let, he lets it all out. Um, Speaking of, I'm going to, uh, to Wizards Sixers on Saturday night. And I cannot wait. I haven't been nice. to an NBA game live. Nice. I think I think that the years, like two years, dude. That's that's awesome. That, that's exciting. Um, I'm happy for you. I and I think that you you have to tell us how you know the in court reception to Russ is. Uh, you know his first Wizards playoff game with fans in the stands. I'm pretty yeah. excited to hear about that. Uh, I think the Wizards win that game between being down 0-2, having home 
uh, home court that night, and then this rest incident. I think that the I think that the Seven Sixers are going to take this series, but I think the Wizards will win that game. Uh, one thing we need to talk about before we get out of here, uh, not to you know, you're the host, and it's probably on your list, but we got to talk about this Clippers Mavs series and how that affects the Thunder. That was the last thing on the list. Thank you so much. So oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, there is no my bads. Um, so what a what an amazing turn of events this would be and a very unexpected turn of events we i said the night that we recorded the last time we recorded was after that clippers win and i said whoever they play in the first round i hope they get i hope they get obliterated to the moon and dallas is yeah. going home up 2-0 they just won both in la and i will say the this wasn't some like pandemic p performance paul george was awesome and Kawhi was awesome and they got nothing else and they seem lost and they have no answers for luca who is clearly going up a level in this playoffs um which is fun to watch but he's about to go home and play in front of his home fans for the first time in a playoff game like they've never seen this so this is this is going to be unbelievable and it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think that this series isn't over yeah, I mean, I think that the consensus feeling is like everybody knows it's come, tough to come back from 2-0, but because the Clippers were one of the title favorites still, and they have Kawhi Leonard, they have Paul George, and they have this cast of great role players, I think that everybody still feels like they have a chance, and of course they have a chance. But like you said, playing in Dallas now for the first time, home playoffs, I think at worst – Mavs come out of there one one at home. I'm expecting yeah. that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting one one at home. All of a sudden three one. I just don't see the Mavs losing this series. I don't think that the Clippers really have an answer for Luca. And if Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway is not going to keep shooting like he's shooting, but Porzingis is going to play a little bit better to kind of help even that out. Um, the Mavs are going to score. But what this means for the Thunder could be incredible. I mean. This could be the best thing to come out of this season uh, is if the Clippers lose in the first round. They lost in the second round last year. If they do, I'm not saying Kawhi is going to leave, but if Kawhi leaves, that is absolutely humongous for the Thunder's future because all the, the next five years, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26, the Thunder either has their unprotected pick or an unprotected swap. And if it's just Paul George and overpriced role players, those are not going to be great picks. Now, I'm not saying that they won't compete for the playoffs. Maybe they're they're low lottery, high lottery. Maybe they're, you know, kind of like the Heat this year, a couple of those years. But a couple of those picks could end up being really, really good. And here's the deal. If they lose Kawhi, they still don't have any money to go out and get anybody. They won't really have any cap space because they're paying guys like Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly so much money. So – you're 100% right on everything you just said. It's something that I'm low-key worried about is like, well, first of all, if they lose this series to Dallas, there's no way they can run back the same team. Just no way. Right. After what happened last year and and then what could potentially happen this year, there's no way they run it back. Um, but my concern is one of those two of Paul George and Kawhi ending up on Golden State. It feels like Golden State has a big trade 
to make if especially if they get a top four or top three pick from Minnesota. Um, so if they were to if that pick conveys to Golden State this year, top three, they have a Wiseman top, they have a Wiseman Wiggins number two overall uh, pick in them. And uh, and it it it's hard not to it's hard not to see them going after somebody like Paul George. Um, that obviously that's fine for Oklahoma city, as far as the picks are the, the Clippers, uh, future picks are concerned, but, um, then you have to deal with the, uh, the potential of a, a fully loaded golden state team again. Yeah. I'm not too worried about that though, because I agree. I agree. And it makes complete sense. I think for me, the, the Warriors are still on such a different timeline, you know, Curry's 32, Clay, Draymond, they're, they're all on the wrong side of 30. So to me, that's fine. Let the, the Warriors have a couple more years. Uh, I'm just more concerned about the Clippers and, and what that would mean. But I, either way, in the short term, the Clippers get worse. So I think that if they make that trade, Wiseman could become something, but he's not really something right now. Wiggins obviously isn't reliable. And then they have a rookie at least for the next couple of years, they're not going to be as good as yeah. having either Paul George, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So anything that hurts the Clippers immediate near future, I'm okay with. Even and who are the, who are the, who are the cap space teams? Like who would be a team that could potentially sign Kawhi to the money that he's going to get? I mean, the Clippers obviously can, but like, are the Knicks a team that could get him? Yep, the Knicks have the most cap space in the league. They have enough to just sign him outright, which, you know, you put Kawhi with this Knicks team that's been great defensively, uh, and then they can probably get, you know, another decent free agent to go because they have a lot of space and they can make some more room if they wanted to. And if you know you're playing with Kawhi and Julius Randle, of course, they're going to have to give Randle the bag. So I haven't looked at their cap space to see, you know, how that how that'll affect everything. Um, but you want to know who has the second most cash space? The Thunder. So, Thunder- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's never gonna happen. What uh, a weird, what a weird thing! Like Oklahoma City having cash space—that's so new. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but it's exactly what you want during a rebuild, and you have a young superstar already in the making. And Shea, let's say that you get a Cater, a Mobley, a Suggs, or a Green then all of a sudden you have all this cap space when a star becomes free or you want to trade for one. That's what's so nice about having cat space right now. They've never really had that luxury uh, the entire time they were contending. They were already, they were always maxed out and couldn't make any moves. They're so restricted. The other team that you can look at is the Miami heat. They can make some moves. They can turn down some player, uh, some team options on guys and they could team up Butler with, with Kawhi. Um, so those are the two teams that everybody's kind of speculating. If he were to leave, it would mm-hmm. be either the Knicks or, or the Heat, which of course are two of the, the prime markets as well. So it makes sense. And they're in the Eastern Conference. All of yeah. that is all of that is great news for Oklahoma City. Exactly. Um, all right. We are gonna wrap it there. We had a lot to talk about and we got through it all in a decent amount of time. Uh, Lakers are up by 10 right now with 35 seconds left and the Blazers and Nuggets are tied at 91 with six minutes left in the game. Um, both of those series are tied 1-1. The playoffs have been 
there have been a couple blowouts, but play, these series have been awesome, and it's leading to what looks like a second round um, to get really excited about. I think Bucks yeah. Nets is going to be an absolute throwdown. Yeah, I think so too. The, what's what's exciting is the Bucks are showing what everybody thought that they could be this year. You know, they they've kind of been up and down this season, but with Drew Holiday fully healthy, I mean that's a good good team between Giannis. Everybody was was underrating them going to playoffs. Nobody's really given a chance, but you still got Giannis, a two time MVP, and Drew Holiday, who's logged down defender and really good offensively. Chris Middleton, uh, this team could cause some problems for for the Nets, who still have you know they're they're incredible. I, I it I hate it, but if I had to choose a champ, it's going to be the Nets just because their talent's ridiculous. Uh, but the Bucks could cause some problems, and I would love to see the Bucks upset them. Could we could we be headed for a LeBron Durant finals? I mean, if the Clippers go out, Nuggets have injury problems. Uh, the Mavs are a fun story right now, but are you picking anybody over a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis in the West if the Clippers are out? I doubt it. And would you pick anybody over the Nets in the East? No. So, I mean, yeah, if, if you're a Betty man and had to choose one team out of each conference right now, you got to go uh, Lakers, Nets. I guess yeah. I haven't mentioned the Jazz. They're the number one that, seed. That's, that's the I team just, I was. That's the team I was going to mention in the West. Like, if there's a team I could see like doing enough on both ends to get them, I think it. I think it's the Jazz, especially with home court. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, think, I think the the betting favorites are going to be the Nets and the Lakers from here on out. Yeah, for sure. All right, we are going to wrap it there. We will be back. We're going to be on a once a week schedule here, leading up to. Um, leading up to lottery night again we're going to go live that night and then post lottery night we're going to be uh talking once we know where people are once we know where teams are going to be selecting we're going to be um, highlighting quite a few prospects that are going to be in that range that these teams might be interested in so uh, be on the lookout for those and uh brandon uh, thanks a lot for joining me man absolutely man have a good night ryan all right thunder fans talk to you soon thanks for listening to the daily thunder podcast Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Daily Thunder. Be sure to check out other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. There are also coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachesMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget the network's flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by Mike Cleansing and Jason Sunkel, and featuring the best minds in the game from its grassroots to the NBA.